Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Oh, hello, everyone. Hi, Jess. Hi, Frank. (laughs) I'm taking a moment here now that you, the listener, have joined us and pressed play on whatever whatever device or way you do that. I'm, so I'm taking this moment here with, with Jess to welcome you and express my gratitude for your presence, your awareness, for everything that is alive within you here today. And I want to invite you on this journey together here today with us wherever it may take us. So, yeah, we'll get started how we always start with uh, a meditation. So wherever you are, you're doing, you can just uh, use this presence meditation just to bring a little bit more awareness to your present moment. You don't necessarily have to stop what you're doing if you're, you're doing an activity while you're listening to this. But you can still, at the same time, bring your awareness to your present moment sense experience. We can start by noticing our breath. And following the breath into the body. Letting our awareness sort of drop down into the heart area. and allowing your heart to be the center of your being. Thoughts can come and go, but kind of keeping your awareness right down in and around your physical heart. And just connecting together to a more embodied sense of consciousness. We're not this mental head just dragging around and looking at a body. We are a fully embodied human being. And as you begin to become aware of your senses, your sense of hearing, or vision, smell and taste, and touch itself, almost like you're feeling all those senses flow directly into the body, into the heart. And so here we're going to get in touch with some aspect of ourselves. It doesn't quite matter which one. 
But the important thing we're just going to practice here is interconnection. So first, just identifying any part of yourself that has been maybe active before you came on to this podcast. And that could be any aspect of yourself, maybe that some aspect of yourself that's feeling stressed or preoccupied with something, anything you're really noticing as a kind of thought pattern. And we're just going to invite that aspect of ourselves to just be here and be here with you. It can help to kind of imagine that part of you somewhere in or around your body. You can just locate it in and around your, or around your body. Or if, if you can't quite already locate it, maybe you begin to step into imagining it being here in the space next to you. And this kind of spatial locating or imagining is really important. It really helps unblending. It activates a whole other part of our brain. It really helps with that. And once you have a sense of that aspect of you, that part of you being somewhere in the space near you, well, the first thing all you're going to do is just let it know that you're aware of it. And just kind of like you're saying hi to that part of you. So it's kind of a very first basic step as an expression of awareness. And just like, I am aware of you. Like, I am aware of you, the listener. You're here. I'm aware of you, Jess. And I'm aware of you, this, this part so of, the, of me. And, and you can say that to the part of yourself. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm just aware of you here in this space. And then the next step, and this can also be a little challenging, is to check in with that part and see if you can get a sense if the part is also aware of you. The you that's saying hello to that part. And you can do that by just sensing that, or you could even ask, like, are you aware of me? Can you hear me? And this, this may seem really strange and novel if you've never uh, really done parts work before, or even if you have, this sometimes this step can be a little challenging. But just try it. Whatever happens is fine. If nothing happens, that's totally fine. It's just an experiment. I'm just going to ask the part, are you aware of me? And I, when, when I'm inside with my parts, I often get a, a kind of like... <laughs> confused like uh yeah <laughs> because it's a little strange it's a little novel to have a conscious experience between two parts between yourself and a part or between two parts of yourself and they're often in dialogue but not always not usually conscious and when it becomes conscious it can, can feel a little strange but I can assure you there's nothing strange about what's happening. This is happening all the time inside yourself. Inner dialogues back and forth. The only difference is you, you might be a little bit more aware of it here in this moment. And you can just start with asking just something really simple like, you know, ask that part, just how are you feeling right now? 
and really leaning into like emotionally. How are you feeling emotionally? You're happy? Are you sad? Are you scared? Are you angry? Frustrated? Are you numb? You might get a, a word or two of emotion, like, yeah, I'm angry or frustrated or tired or or numb or nothing, I don't know. Um, and if you feel inclined to ask, like, maybe a deepening question about that, you can. You can just ask, well, what are you, what are you sad? Let's say if you hear sadness, you can you know, just openly ask, like, what are you sad about? And just take a listen. And whatever you are hearing, taking a moment is another practice just to kind of feed back to the part, like what you hear, what you understand from what you're hearing. And again, this may seem a little strange because it's like, well, I heard it, right? Like I already know it. But it's really powerful to really take a moment and kind of let that part, let your whole system know exactly what you're hearing. So you can thank that part for whatever it's told you. Um, you can also take a moment to notice what it's like inside yourself to kind of just validate and affirm what you're hearing inside yourself. You know, something really important here is we really just want to listen. If you notice yourself judging what you're hearing or, or feeling like, oh, this shouldn't be there, that's another part. That's not you and your higher self. That's another part that's judging that part. And that's just good to know. You could just acknowledge, okay, there's another part here that maybe is judging what I'm feeling or trying to fix it or manage it. And all you need to do is just gently reassure that part. It doesn't need to do that. Right now, it doesn't need to do that. It may feel like it needs to do that, but you could just take a breath. All we really need to do is to just be present to what is. Be with what is. That's all we're practicing. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to see as you continue the practice in your life, being with what is, how much that resolves all on its own in inter interpersonal relationships between other people, intra-relationships inside yourself. Just how powerful simple acknowledging presence can be. So we'll stop there. And Jess and I will check in a little bit about what that little experience was like for us and see what comes up in our relational space here. Yeah, that was... That was really nice. I don't know that I'm ready to check in though. So maybe if you have a check-in. Sure. Yeah, I could, I could start. I, yeah, in that little exercise that I was doing with you as I was guiding it, there was a, I was being in touch with the part of me that has been just around in the last day. Well, it's more than the last day, but I particularly noticed in the last day, I, I often find in the afternoons after I work, after I have sessions, I find I have a desire to do something, like I want to do something I enjoy, like be creative, or I have all these parts when I start my day in the morning, 
have a lot of energy, a lot of creative energy. Oh, I could try this. I could try that. There's a lot of excitement. And then by the time three o'clock, well, 4 o'clock rolls around after I've done working, my energy has changed. And I feel very, sometimes very lifeless, very flat. It's kind of like a, yeah, tired feeling, but I have these parts that they, they really want to, they want to have the experience that they wanted to have, which was creative and excited and fun. And so there's a frustration like that. So that was the part I was, one, I was sitting with that kind of fl the flatness that I experience, which is not what my other parts want, right? They want to experience aliveness and flow and creativity. And so the parts that I was sitting with now is a, was a kind of frustrated with that. And his feeling, his thought was, you know, I shouldn't uh, be experiencing that, right? Because I'm, you know, I do all this work on myself and I teach people about these things. I should not be feeling this malaise or whatever that you want to call it is. And so that was the experience, I guess, in this morning when my meditation and I was connecting inside and I was, you know, aware, like, even when I'm listening to my parts, that second step of moving towards them and being like, are you aware of me? Are you hearing me? I, a lot of times don't even take that step myself. And I realize when I do, it requires a type of presence that you really have to check in. You really have to be in the moment and be open to what's happening. And it's, it's, it can be feel a little vulnerable. And so in that meditation, I was realizing the value of that, just how valuable that direct access is and conscious relationship in the moment and the to me the supreme value of that relationship the one thing i can guarantee i am going to be here with myself right like no matter what happens in my life the only thing i can guarantee is that i'm going to show up for myself or that i can right and that's the one thing i want to it's the most important thing to me it's the thing I promised my system, right? Like, no matter what, I'll be there with you. So that conscious relationship feels so, the, the inner conscious relationship feels like the most important thing to myself. We talk about self-compassion and self-love. Well, that's where it happens. It happens right in that inner dialogue that we were all practicing here together. That, that's where it happens, to, to be aware there's some aspect of myself here that it's aware of me. And then I can consciously love that part. We didn't go to that step, but in, in that process, because we were just doing the basics of like, say hello, say hello back, you know, just basics of the communication. But ultimately when you have a good connection and then in that connection, if you could express compassion and love and also be able to witness pain, witness trauma, witness whatever needs to be understood, that's what begins to resolve internal conflict. So, yeah, that's, I guess that's where I'm checking in. And yeah, just curious what's, what's alive for you. Yeah, and it feels, feels really good to hear your check-in and to hear what you brought up in the meditation, that process, which is such a powerful structure process framework and to hear what was being filled in what was coming up for you is really brings up a lot of compassion in my system and maybe it 
Is there a reason? I don't know. It just brings up a lot of compassion from my own system. I have a tendency when I am sharing, which I just in relationship in general, I'm fairly willing to share. And I do, you know, I share here. And when the other person doesn't or hasn't shared, I often just naturally fill in that I'm being judged by this, by the other person. Not that that's specific to you or to really anybody. It's just sort of the general fill-in. And so to hear you share first, I feel a resonant sense of compassion for the humanness that part of me understands exists in everyone, even when people are being judgmental, right? That what you just described, some part of them that they're struggling with is probably at play, even if they're not aware of it. But hearing you describe how parts of you are struggling and then they think they shouldn't be struggling and how that plays out, it gives me space inside myself to be more connected to myself and more loving for what I might be struggling with. So that feels really good. And what came up for me during the meditation was this part that I feel like it's been around for for a little while here and it comes up particularly in this podcast space, which is a part of me that is, is kind of scared and a little bit angry, a little bit feisty. When I asked, what are you scared and angry about? It was the judgment and expectations and of, of others to sort of imagined exactly what I just described, right? That, and so we have this audience and we have these listeners and how much that still plays a part of like coming here and how my brain tries really hard to come up with things to say. And, and I'm getting better at watching it, but the feeling of it is still pretty intense. Not in this moment, but coming into the space, it can be pretty intense. As you were talking about your, the listener and the, of you, hmm, the aspects of yourself that are placing some expectation on you and imagining, I guess that's coming from the, they imagine it as coming from the listener. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So one, how you connect to the universality of that, right? Like that is that we all, I'm going to just allow myself to generalize, but imagine that we all, to some degree or other, have an aspect of our mind that has learned the judgments of others inside of our culture, very specific to our culture. And it could be from our culture at large, but then our subculture of our family culture that we come from and the particular judgments and beliefs that drive those judgments. And that we internalize them. And then once we internalize them, we imagine them as the other. And we believe we fall into a delusion that they are in fact the other, but they are not. They are, and this is one perspective. They are not, they are you. There's, it is an aspect of your mind that is recreating what you have learned about the world. So in fact, right, right now, whatever aspect of you is your system is imagining as the other is really some aspect of you. And I, we've talked about this before. I, I really like to 
imagine or see those as parts of me wearing masks. <laughs> it's like wearing a little costume of the other, because in truth, it is, it is all us that we're experiencing. It's all aspects of our own mind that are being reflected back to us. There was a, I think it's an Anais Nin quote so recently that says, we, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and this can be a little tricky point because some people can take that idea and use that as another part, can take that idea and use it as another, you know, self-shaming, you know, like, oh, the, well, this is all my fault. You know, whatever I'm experiencing, you know, it's all my fault. And I, I can understand that. <laughs> However, the, the knowledge of this is actually really a great key. It's a great point of freedom because once we understand that, we could actually do something about those judgments and, and beliefs inside of ourselves through this direct relationship. So I wanted to say that, that came up, that awareness of that. So like, as you were talking about that, I, I was seeing it and picturing it that way. And then the other thing was, I was thinking about you, the listener. And when you were talking about where you were with that, and I was thinking about, I don't know, I wasn't really thinking, I was imagining the listener. And I wanted to share how I imagine the listener, which is I imagine them kind of like me right now. That's what I imagine, meaning I imagine them as a consciousness and a body with these various parts that are that have all these different feelings and that they have parts that judge them and 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 maybe don't like certain like other aspects of themselves and there's a, like different inner conflicts happening and and I imagine that and I feel a genuine care that's what I, I can almost just picture you know this different listeners with these different aspects of themselves and uh I feel a relative degree of the same care that I feel for my own system I feel towards the listener and that, there's something in me that wants to talk about why that the self-love why that's so important why this aspect of like oh this is all ourselves that we're seeing and if, if it's all ourselves that we're seeing, and if I could love all those aspects of myself, because it's me, and I could really love them, I have a direct reason to love them. If it's me, it's, it's I have a real uh, an imperative to love myself, right? It's very clear, you know, that's going to be beneficial to me. But the result of that is the more I do that, then the more one result is the more love I feel towards others, naturally. If I love everything that arises within me, within my consciousness, then I can only also feel a facsimile of love for whatever brought those things up in me. So if, if I love my own anger, and you made me angry, I still have a facsimile of love towards you because I'm not feeling, I'm not lost in my anger. I feel if I feel love and appreciation for my anger, then I feel love and uh, some level of love and appreciation for whatever inspired my anger, whatever triggered it whenever brought it forward into my consciousness so i'll pause there um uh, yeah those are the that's the two main threads that came up for me yeah i um i'm pretty sure and maybe even on multiple times that you and i have kind of talked about similar subject before this idea that at least you and I, I think on the podcast, but definitely at some point we've talked about this idea that like the, 
the parts that seem like someone else judging me are, are me wearing a mask. Like that, that's your way of looking at it, which I really, there's something about that that makes it feel like a little bit of like a Halloween party or something, you know, like there's a, a lightness to yeah. it. And this idea that, that those parts truly believe that they're serving me, um, which I, I understand that I really do get that. And it made me think about a, a number of weeks or months ago being at some friend's house and we were having dinner. We're sitting around the table with them and their, their children, their younger child at some point it was kind of after dinner and we're just sitting around talking and they said to me, you know, in like a very kid-like voice and, and they said something, right. And I didn't really hear, but I could, as they were finishing, I was like, I kind of looked and the mom admonished the child and said, you know, something, it turns out they were telling me to take my elbows off the table because that was a rule in the house to not have your elbows on the table. And the mother was admonishing the child for telling me <laughs> to stop doing the thing that was the rule in the family not to do. Uh -huh. And I just thought that was such a fascinating dynamic because I had a feeling of, I had a little kid part come up that was like, who cares if my elbows are on the table? Like, that's a stupid rule, right? I didn't say that, of course. I was just like, I just smiled and took my elbows off the table. And I thought about like, where do we come up with these things? You know, that's a, that's such a strange thing to teach your children. And yet I imagine that the parents are teaching the child that because they don't want the kid to get admonished when they're eating over at a friend's house or, you know, like these simple, silly, uh, sort of nothing things that come from an effort to keep ourselves and those we love from being in the wrong, right? From potentially sort of being rejected for not doing things quote unquote right. So I was thinking about that as you were talking and thinking about this more extreme example. I don't know why it came into my mind, maybe just as a counterpoint, um, this idea of, which I, is it even done still? I'm sure maybe not to the extent it used to, but this, this term I learned at some point in high school of hazing, right? Of like, when you're letting someone into like a fraternity or a sorority, a group, they have to go through what you went through. And how once I understood that term, it, it became apparent to me again, in a more extreme way, how common that is just in, you know, the way doctors had to go through these super long shifts to become doctors that make them more likely to have, you know, all kinds of problems and being a doctor or even getting themselves home, they're more likely to have car accidents because they're so exhausted and how nuts that is, right? And I can see that that's crazy, right? Or that's counterproductive. And yet there is a more subtle and, and just a common version of that happening all the time through our society. It's so challenging to, I find, turn away from the thing that I am afraid of or feel some resistance to and turn toward, as you have, you know, stated, as you were just talking about, to turn toward like love within your system. I have a part of me that's a little bit to the side that's just irritated <laughs> that I can't get this. You know, like I feel like some part of me says, 
that I keep coming back to this right over and over and over again to some extent. It's like, haven't you gotten it yet? And yeah, it's just in, in, as I'm seeing it now in this sort of, in its essence, in its simplicity, it just seems so challenging to turn away from the thing that is fearful or hateful or scary and turn toward love and let love be the the guide for the system and to just keep it's it's actually not about turning away from anything it's just simply about turning toward and <laughs> this is something we talked about a couple podcasts ago my 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 mind still feels there's something there yeah so I'm curious what's coming up for you and and if 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 what I'm saying is making sense. I'm feeling a little lost would be a strong version, but not having a strong foothold of what when you're saying like you're you're turning towards this, it it feels in my mind a little nebulous what the this is. So I'd like to maybe get a, a couple, maybe get a quick clearer. So the this is the the process or the difficulty in turning towards something that feels difficult within ourselves with openness well yeah that's a question that that was that's my first attempt at saying what the this is that you're keep coming back to if i had to put it in a nutshell what, what, what would you say it is right when you were talking before toward the end and you were saying I can't remember exactly what you said, because again, it's it's hard for me to take hold of it. You were talking about if you see anger in someone else because you feel compassion or love for your angry parts, maybe? I'm not sure. If, if someone makes me angry, if someone quote unquote makes me angry, it's an important quote there. But let's say somebody like you do something that I brings don't- up. Brings up something that, yeah, brings up anger in me. Yeah. If I then have a reaction, a quick reaction of love towards my own anger, towards my own part that feels angry, right? If I really feel loving and accepting towards that, then I can only have a facsimile of that towards what inspired that, right? Yes. And that's the thing that I'm, that's the, this is the, that your system, when you, anger arises in you, you have a love and compassion response to it. I'm just not there right? Like my immediate response would be try harder or do better or what's wrong with you, or you shouldn't allow people to affect you like this, or, you know, all these sort of, it's like the the hazing idea, right? I'm going to do this to you because it's what was done to me, right? It's like the tide hasn't quite turned. That's the, this, does that even make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. What I know this in myself relationally, when you, you know, speak to that, the first thing that comes up is an, oh, a part that wants to and feels maybe a little bit of responsibility. And we've talked about this before, like, oh, I've got to, got to, I've got to find a way to resolve that for you. Right. right. <laughs> and it feels good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's your, feels good to that part of me to see your smile. And because I know that that's not true. But that's the, right there. That's like the little moment of kind of breaking the chain right there. Right. Like, because, you can have your parts kind of like 
in that. And then if my parts get pulled into that, then we're all in the drama. Something's wrong. Something needs to be fixed. How do we fix it? Right there, there. Yeah, something's not right and something needs to be fixed. And then when I can unblend from that and just go, okay, wait, I don't, you know, I could just hear you and be here and have, you know, a myriad of, of different responses or curiosities or choices to that. So one, that was the first one thing I noticed. And then there was some space around that. I didn't feel like I needed to do that. And then in that space, what came up was a kind of curiosity. Like, oh, why why am I where I am? And why is Jess where Jess is? And I, and this comes up a lot. Some of my clients may have put in similar number of hours at this than I have. So why am I where I am? And why are they, where they struggle? You know, um, there's a part of me that wonders about that. I don't know that there's an answer to the kind of question. However, I do have a part that leaps in with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Doesn't stop you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it does believe it has something to do with having near-death experience. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. We will be back next Sunday with part two. Bye, y'all.